You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you're challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the imitation of Christ. Now looking at sensitive heart. Now here's today's teaching. The Imitation of Christ, Podcast 27, on having a sensitive heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs 4.23. Today's reading is a single chapter, uh, Book 1, Chapter 21, and these are the words of the disciple. If you want to make spiritual progress, always respect God with holy reverence, and don't desire to be free but restrain all your senses with discipline. Do not spend time in senseless humor. If our hearts are sensitive to the Spirit, we will live a life devoted to God. This sensitivity opens the door to many good things, but a calloused heart will lead to great loss. It is wonderful that we can rejoice heartily in this life considering that we are pilgrims facing many dangers to our souls. I'd like to make some comments after this opening paragraph. Akempis urges us to respect God with holy reverence. Reverence is something that is uh, almost totally missing in modern society, and sadly, even among God's people, there's not always that emphasis on uh, truly revering God. One way this comes out is senseless humor. Uh, Humor doesn't have to be dirty or profane. Sometimes uh, humor would be displeasing to God because it's just out of place. Uh, There are serious needs in our world, and they must not be trivialized. Kempis talks about discipline versus freedom. We often think that they're opposites, but we know, biblically speaking, that discipline brings freedom, just as tracks bring the railroad wherever um, the designers have intended it to go. We need discipline. And then he mentions sensitivity to the spirit. Now, I don't think he's uh, speaking of sensitivity as in being easily bruised or being touchy. This is the sensitivity of spiritual awareness. Uh, Today, I had lunch with a couple of very mature brothers, and we talked about this subject for quite a while. We were particularly asking, how can we connect to God? How can we make sure we're not missing the way, but that we're truly spiritually aware? This is something we need to truly pray for. And that's why we have series like this one on the imitation of Christ. As Kempis says, this sensitivity opens the door to many good things, but a calloused heart will lead to great loss. I would say that unless we are disciplined, unless we really take measures, our hearts will naturally become calloused by our world. It's the toxic society in which we live. And so an implication of this is that we need to really look out for those things that that dull our spiritual senses, that damage our sensitivity. Let's continue our reading. 
through the lightness of our hearts and the denial of our shortcomings, without feeling sorrow in our souls, we vainly laugh when we have good reason to weep. There is no true liberty and real joy unless we reverence God with a good conscience. We are happy when we can cast away every source of distraction and serve the one purpose of holy sorrow over sin. We are happy when we remove anything that may strain or burden our conscience. Strive bravely. Bad habits are overcome with good habits. If we don't judge our work by other people's opinions, we are free to do our best work. Well, in this second paragraph, Thomas continues to challenge uh, what are very human ideas of freedom, uh, that we think it's throwing off restraint that makes us happy, uh, when in fact we need to not pay attention to these worldly distractions. A number of the themes in this paragraph are very common in the imitation of Christ. Uh, For example, keeping our conscience pure, uh, dealing with distraction, not being overly influenced by the opinions of other people, realizing uh, really just owning our own relationship with God. Continuing, let us not busy ourselves with the affairs of others, nor entangle ourselves with the affairs of famous people. We must always keep our eyes on ourselves first and give ourselves advice before giving it to our dearest friends. If we don't have favor with people, don't be discouraged. Instead, let's be concerned about wisely conducting ourselves as faithful servants of Christ. It's often better and safer for us not to have many comforts in this life, especially physical comforts. To our own blame, we don't seek divine comforts because we don't seek repentance of heart. Instead, we cling to comforts that are fruitless and worldly. I find it quite interesting how he challenges us here not to busy ourselves with the affairs of others. That's called being a busybody. And uh, he also speaks about not getting entangled with the affairs of famous people. Too often, Christians judge important those whom the media judge important. That is, it might be um, a a leader, a a political leader. It might be some incredible artist or very talented uh, actress or a sports figure. But who the journalists treat as important are not necessarily the same people that God would consider are are doing his will. And this kind of fascination with the latest on famous people, who they, uh, what they're doing, where they are, who they're dating, what's happening um, as they marry, divorce and remarry and so forth. Um, It's very hard for me to imagine that it pleases God when we focus on those people. And yet we're not focusing on the lost. We're not focusing on our brothers and sisters or the great figures of scripture in Christian history. Uh, He emphasizes other things that are also familiar, uh, applying things to ourself before we want to teach others and and not overdoing the physical comforts. And maybe he leans a little bit uh, towards the ascetic side. And, you know, Paul cautions us at the end of Colossians 2 that asceticism has real no value in itself. But I don't think we should use passages like that uh, to justify 
uh, just living a life of ease. Kind of reminds me of the Beatles song, Yellow Submarine. Um, I won't sing this particular part, but um, it says, as we live our life of ease, every one of us has all he needs. You know, our needs are met for most of us listening to this podcast, and we can live a life of ease and how dangerous that is to our spiritual life. Continuing, we are all unworthy of divine comforts, but instead worthy of much trouble. When we are aligned with Christ, then all the world is burdensome and bitter to us. Good people will find sufficient cause for mourning and weeping. No one, neither ourselves nor our neighbors, live on this earth without trials and troubles. The more we consider this, the more we grieve. Our sins and vices are grounds for deserved grief and inner sorrow. When we become so entangled with earthly things, we are seldom able to think on heavenly things. He continues, If we would think about our own mortality and death more often, we would no doubt work harder to improve. And if we would seriously consider the torment of hell, I believe we would willingly endure toil, pain, and fear here on earth. But because these realities don't reach our hearts and minds, we continue to love pleasurable things, and we remain spiritually cold and miserably indifferent. Here are some strong challenges. Uh, Being sorrowful over sin. Uh, So much of our world doesn't even believe in the reality of sin. I mean, this was something that in the ministry we had to address very intensively in the 1970s, that guilt is not a feeling, though it may entail feelings. Guilt is an actual status. We are guilty before God. We, we are forgiven before God. Guilt is not something subjective. It's, uh, it's an emergency warning uh, indicator. Sin is real. Uh, the spiritual world is real. And if we're not careful, and if we only look at this world, then we forget about heaven and hell and everything that's at stake. We end up becoming, as he puts it, miserably indifferent. Uh, such great challenges for all of us. Uh, the final paragraph. Often it is out of the poverty of spirit that our earthly bodies so easily complain. So humbly pray to the Lord that he will give you the spirit of repentance and say with the psalmist, don't raise your fists in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. What we need is a strong dose of humility, a spirit of repentance, not uh, arrogance. And let me reread the sentence from uh, an earlier paragraph. Because these realities, he's speaking of spiritual realities, eternal realities, because these realities don't reach our hearts and minds, we continue to love pleasurable things and we remain spiritually cold and miserably indifferent. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful um, for today's meditation. Thank you for the call not to be calloused or listless, heedless and sensitive, but to be sensitive uh, to your spirit, to be reverent, uh, to be focused on what really matters in this world. Free us from entanglements, distractions, uh, from distracting activities and people. Help us to focus um, as Jesus was focused in our spiritual walk today. And 
Enable us, Lord, to guard our hearts above all else because we know that this is the wellspring of our lives. It determines uh, our, our destiny in an eternal sense. We thank you. We admire, we love, we adore, we worship Christ for um, showing us exactly how to do this. Give us a sensitive heart, we pray in his name. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on the imitation of Christ. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.